fucking cop in this fucking city after that fucking bastard! Alright troops, welcome to episode 14 of the Tyrell Hack Podcast. I'm your man Chris Scullion and I've literally just finished watching the Ubisoft or indeed Ubisoft, depending on how you want to pronounce it, uh, E3 2017 press conference, and it was a doozy, uh, as they say in the video games industry, and indeed all industries. Uh, I thought it was fantastic, uh, a little over an hour long, um, and just basically game, 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 game. Uh, They did really well. Uh, And that seems to be the kind of general consensus online from what I've seen briefly on Twitter. Uh, Obviously, you don't get much of a chance to see what everyone's saying, but uh, initial reaction seems to be nailed it uh certainly the best conference so far that fucking decimated ea's um and probably even had more exciting stuff than microsoft's despite microsoft showing 42 games ubisoft showed what 11 or 12 or something any count the exact number um but the vast majority of them were impressive looking uh so yeah and and some genuine kind of surprises as well which you'll soon hear about if, if you didn't watch it so yeah let's just get cracking straight in it but before we do as is now tradition Get the old iron brew on the go. A wee sip. Ah! Jesus! Right. So, <laughs> they opened uh, brilliantly with Mario plus Rabbids. I don't know if it's... I'm sure it's Mario and Rabbids, but it's got a plus in it. So Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Uh, exclusively on Switch, obviously, because it's Mario. Um... Obviously, this had been leaked uh, a while back, and everyone kind of knew it was coming. They just didn't know in what form it was going to be shown, whether it was going to be shown at Ubisoft's or Nintendo's uh, E3 conference. And thankfully, it was shown at Ubisoft. I say thankfully because, by all accounts, it sounds like Nintendo's conference or their digital event is only going to be half an hour long. So it's good to get this one out of the way in Ubisoft, so they'll maybe just briefly mention it in passing at Nintendo's. Um, just in case the people didn't watch Ubisoft, but they're not going to spend as long on it as they did during Ubisoft's one. So yeah, open with a really funny cutscene with a rabbit hitting a question block and then another rabbit coming and helping him and finding him uh, super mushroom and growing really large. It was, it was genuinely funny. Um, it, 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 just that whole kind of 10-minute sequence of them showing that game off was just fantastic from start to finish. A great way to start the conference. Uh, the game looks fantastic. It's, it's basically like... Um, anyone who's played XCOM will know it's similar to that. It's a tactical RPG, essentially. Um, think more Fire Emblem than um, anything else, than Final Fantasy. Uh, so it's more kind of placing your characters on a grid, and but, but with the added kind of cover and stuff like that. So it, it, it looks excellent, it looks fantastic, it looks genuinely funny. Um, some good kind of comedy set pieces, the animation's great. Essentially the stories that the rabbits are in the Mushroom Kingdom and uh, they're, they're kind of Mario's got to help them kind of bring the world back to normality. Uh, it looks great. I've always kind of liked the Rabbids. I've never, I've I've not been a massive fan of Rabbids games, with the exception of Rabbids Go Home on the Wii, which was genuinely really funny uh, about them pushing that shopping trolley. But I'm going to maybe do a video of it at some point since Rabbids are um, all the rage again. I've st- I've got a copy of it. I'll maybe do a wee gameplay video and put it on the site at some point so you can see what the the the, the best Rabbids game looked like. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm excited by it. I, I don't like rabbits. I don't like when they do the scream. They're like ah shit. 
Uh, but thankfully they didn't do that much um, during this whole process. So, uh, yeah, it looks really funny. One thing that I think some people would kind of will inevitably raise issue with, and I can see where they're coming from, is that a bit in the trailer, there's a, they show the trailer at the end, and there's a bit where um, some kind of enemy rabbits are surrounding Peach, uh, and Peach picks up a gun. And you expect, well, you hope that she's going to suddenly turn into a badass kind of that kind of trope where uh, a, a woman picks a gun up and and the other heroes think, well, she doesn't know what she's doing, and then suddenly it turns out she's a fucking badass. That didn't quite happen. She picked the gun up and kind of accidentally shot it. Went, oh, as if, oh, did I do that? And that's a bit shit. I mean, it'd be good, good to see her turn in. Hopefully, over the course of the game, she becomes a fucking uh, demon with a gun and, and, and like becomes like a Princess Leia figure who never misses shots and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so we'll see because it'd be cool to make her uh, quite tough in this one because everyone's got guns, so she might as well start booting some arse instead of doing the usual damsel in distress shit. Um, but that aside, they, they, they introduced it really well. Miyamoto came on stage, which was excellent. Uh, you always, it's always great to see Miyamoto on stage. The creative director was in the crowd, was in the audience, and he was like genuinely crying, uh, which kind of just shows the passion that's gone into this game. You can see what you like about whether you're in it or not, but this is clearly not some half-assed tie-in money, uh, money-making cash-in. There's clearly a lot of love and passion gone into this, and the guy who's made it. Uh, it's clearly been his dream to make a Nintendo game and a Mario game and he's finally getting to do that and you can see the emotion in his face so um, for that reason for that reason alone before I even saw the game I was sold on it and then when I saw it I was sold even more, I, I cannot wait till it's out in August, uh, it's going to be fucking sensational, uh, so that was a great start, uh, they then went from that to Assassin's Creed Origins, they just kind of showed a trailer for that, um, which is understandable because they showed a lot of gameplay uh, during Xbox uh, conference last night um, and by all accounts and although I've not watched it because it's on just now as I'm re- recording this um, after the conference after the Ubisoft conference they said they were going to um, show 30 minutes of gameplay and <coughs> pardon me we've already seen 30 minutes of gameplay of Star Wars Battlefront so fool me once um, so the people who want to watch that kind of stuff are welcome to I've never been a big fan of watching extensive gameplay video if it's a game that I'm interested in getting I'd rather kind of not have that spoiled for me if I already know I'm sold so um, yeah I'm not bothered watching that but uh, by all accounts it'll be on Ubisoft's YouTube channel if you want to see 30 minutes of Assassin's Creed Origins footage go and knock yourself out because um, it'll be up by the time you hear this uh, the kind of on-demand version of it they went from that to the crew too, which looks very different to the original crew. Um, presumably there'll still be a story, but it looks more, it looks less like Fast and the Furious type uh, gangs uh, teaming up shit. Um, and it looks more like, it looks like there's just more of a focus on being able to race different types of vehicles. So you had cars and bikes and kind of off-road quads and even boats and planes and stuff like that. So the focus now appears to be Although you can ride a million different types of vehicle and it's cool as fuck. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I liked the crew. I didn't get to play a lot of it, but I liked what I played. Um, and I'm all in in the crew too. This looks uh, like it could be really interesting. You didn't get to see much of it. They showed a bit of gameplay and it looked nice. It looked really nice. Uh, the majority of it was taken up by a, a kind of rendered trailer. Which did this kind of weird Inception thing with all the kind of worlds folded on top of each other, just to kind of highlight all the different types of terrains you could race on. But I think some people on Twitter got the wrong idea and thought that's what the game was going to be like. It's not. It's just a standard kind of 
racing game on a variety of environments, uh, as they say in in the old buzzwords. But it looks good. It looks it looks fun. I like racing games, so then this looks like the sort of thing I'll be into. It almost like um, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm sold on it. It's it's, it's going to be different enough from the first crew to make it feel like a fresh kind of game. And I'm always up for racing games which have loads of different vehicles and not just the same sort of cars over and over again. So the fact that it'll be off-road one minute, look, there's bits of it looked a lot like Forza Horizon uh, games, which I'm an enormous fan of, so I'm sold on that. Um, but to go from that to then boats and planes and motorbikes and stuff, that's fucking excellent. I'm sold on that. That'll be good. We then got another trailer for South Park, The Fractured Butthole, and uh, another revised release date. So that is now apparently out in October. Uh, trailer still looks great. It's for, for those who don't know, it's a it's the second South Park game from Ubisoft, and it's basically superheroes. Uh, the first game was a kind of RPG thing, and although this one looks like it's going to be RPG as well, instead of having a kind of medieval theme, it's now got a superhero theme where there's two factions of superheroes. The kids are split into two, um, and you get to kind of as the new kid again. You got to decide which faction you're on. Uh, the trailer had some funny bits like Timmy as Professor Xavier uh, reading Cartman's mind um, and a bit where Wendy who calls herself the call girl uh, the basic gimmick is if you need anyone call me I'm the call girl uh, she says that and runs away and Cartman just goes who the fuck was that which I thought was quite funny because uh, it was blatantly Wendy uh, so that's going to be good um, I've absolutely loved the first South Park uh, game, The Stick of Truth, I thought that was fantastic, so I will be getting Fractured Butthole without a shadow of a doubt. I would like to have seen it on Switch, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen, so uh, that's a shame, but um, I'll still enjoy it regardless. Uh, whatever I end up getting it on, it'll be great. I think kind of, kind of interesting one, like um, Ubisoft went all in in VR last year with the, the kind of Star Trek game and that one where you're the eagle um, and some other bits and pieces, but they only kind of showed one VR game this time, and it's called Transference, and it looks like it's going to be produced by Elijah Wood um, in some sort of studio that he's involved with, and it was kind of, I didn't really, I understood what he was saying, but it, it, they didn't kind of go too far in it, so he was explaining it as, as uh, apparently back in the day, say back in the days, like late 90s, early 2000s, there were some experiments held uh, with people with um, sort of people disturbed people that, that their brain waves were taken and and their kind of um, the disturbed things that were seen in their head were kind of extracted somehow um, and they've recreated those um, the, the, the things they saw in their head they've recreated them in virtual reality so you can now see them so basically you you're, you're uh, gaining the mind of a disturbed person so you can see what it's like um, I'm, I'm assuming that it's a fictional story and that it's not actually uh, that's not actually the case but I need to know more about it for all I know this did actually happen and it's, and it's a genuine social experiment um, but it seems to be like bullshit backstory just to give an excuse to make you see a load of fucked up stuff um, and by the looks of the trailer, they only didn't show a lot of footage, but what they showed looks like it might be a bit fucked up, so uh, that could be good. Um, it could be interesting, at least. I'm, I've, I've lost interest in VR, to be honest, so it won't be for me. I don't have a VR headset anymore. Um, I had the uh, PS4. I had an Oculus Rift development kit too, chucked it because it made me ill, and I thought I'll wait till VR is kind of a, a finished product. 
Uh, so then I bought PlayStation VR. Uh, just couldn't get along with it. I, I could already see it was kind of running out of ideas, so I chucked it. So I'm not going to be able to play Transference, which is a shame because it looks quite cool, but um, yeah, that, them's the breaks. Um, after that came Skull and Bones, which a couple of numpties leaked a bit early on Twitter, a bit earlier than they were maybe supposed to. Uh, although I've heard apparently Ubisoft launched the trailer a wee bit early by mistake as well on their YouTube channel. But either way, Skull and Bones is essentially... It looks like a multiplayer version of the uh, ship elements of Assassin's Creed Black Flag. So all the kind of pirate ship bits where you, you're roaming about the seas on your boat, firing cannons at other boats and ramming them and stuff like that. It's basically that, uh, but with kind of multiplayer, massive multiplayer stuff. So there's like fleets of five or six ships versus another fleet and you're roaming the seas, kind of blowing the shit out of people. It uh, looks fantastic. Uh, uh, if you look through my old YouTube channel, well, my current YouTube channel, there's an old video uh, called Late to the Party Assassin's Creed Black Flag in which I finally started playing it like a couple of years after it came out. And I made this kind of video review as to why I fucking loved it, um, discovering it late and, and, and falling in love with it late. And a big chunk of that was down to the naval battles, by which I mean fighting on the sea, not... Uh, fighting people with belly buttons um, and it was this appears to be just that but um, on a grander scale and I'm very happy with that, I'll definitely get that the only concern I have because again as I was saying last night, I'm not much of an online multiplayer gamer, be that in co-op or competitive um, and the majority of well, pretty much all the gameplay they showed was multiplayer like in a team based combat and uh, it sounds like there was hints of there being single player content. If that's the case, I'll be there day one. Um, if there's if there's a single player campaign, I'm definitely going to be playing that. Um, otherwise, I might give it a miss because it's just I'm not a multiplayer gamer. Um, so sadly, it's something I'm going to have to um, bow out on if that's the case. Certainly, it will be interesting to see, especially on Xbox One, which if, which sells best out of Skull and Bones or Sea of Thieves, because although they're tonally different um, and one's more a kind of co-op affair while the other, although still co-op affair is kind of more uh, versus type PvP efforts um, it's going to be curious because everyone Microsoft's been pushing Sea of Thieves for a couple of years now and all of a sudden this has come out of nowhere and suddenly a lot of people are talking about Skull and Bones and no one gives a 20th of a fuck about Sea of Thieves anymore, um, so that's going to be interesting to see going forward what happens there. Um, they're, they're both very, like I say, the, the tone in both games is really different and they can coexist. Um, it just remains to be seen uh, which one will ultimately be the most enjoyable game, so I suppose we'll soon find out. Although, as I say soon, uh, we won't soon find out. Sea of Thieves is going to be out this year, apparently, uh, or early next year, I think. Um, Skull and Bones isn't going to be out till fall 2018, so we're talking a full year and maybe three or four months, so another 15 months or so before we get to play Skull and Bones, so don't get too excited because you're in for a long wait. Um, after that, the acid trip kicked in and fucking some weird Just Dance sequence uh, took place where um, Mortal Kombat characters came out, and or Mortal Kombat lookalike characters, I should say, they're all dressed like Sub-Zero from Mortal Kombat came out and did a dance to some dubstep Jamiroquai song, which I'm not too familiar with, followed by a couple of girls in cheerleader costumes dancing to a kind of Japanese-type song. 
And then that singer who I'm probably supposed to know, but I didn't know, it's probably some famous pop singer woman, uh, came out and sang a song and then said, Just Dance 2018 is coming out on all consoles. Bye-bye. Um, so that's that. It's Just Dance. You know what's fucking, you know what the deal is there. Uh, same old, same old. So, but yeah, it's a money spinner for Ubisoft and crazy that they've got a game uh, series that now spans three generations uh, because it's coming out on uh, not only the, the the current systems, so the uh, Switch three six, uh, Switch Xbox One, PS Four, but also previous generations, so the Wii U, uh, PS Three, and Xbox Three Sixty. But also the Wii, so like three generations of Nintendo systems coming out on the Wii, the Wii U, and the Switch. So that's that's a game that's got legs um, and arms and encourages you to move them both in rhythmic succession. Uh, so there you go, Just Dance is Just Dance. We then saw another South Park game, but a mobile game this time called South Park Phone Destroyer. Um, and it looks like your standard uh, mobile game that you get is kind of turn based battle type system where you get different. You you basically it looks like you're gathering a squad of kids and they've all got their own um, classes. So there'll be like a a cleric versus um, a knight versus a monk or whatever all this kind of stuff. So um, it looks like your standard free to play. I'm, I'm assuming it'll be free to play mobile phone game, which will no doubt have uh, classic Ubisoft microtransactions and stuff like that. It's a mobile game, it is what it is. Uh, so we'll check that out and see if it's any good once it comes out. Hopefully, I mean, apparently it's out this year, so hopefully we'll see quite soon. Um, it looked relatively ready from the trailer. Um, after that was some new IP, uh, Starlink Battle for Atlas. Uh, I, I'm assuming it's new IP, I haven't seen it before, uh, personally. It's a, it's a Toys to Life game, which is a bold move, because maybe four or five years ago it would have been spot on and would have been perfect, but I wonder if it's too late now with um, Amiibo sales kind of slowing down a bit. Uh, Disney Infinity's dead. Uh, Lego Dimensions looks like it'll soon be on its arse. Uh, Skylanders is on its arse. I wonder if there's room for another Toys for Life game, uh, Toys to Life game, um, or if um, it's maybe coming a bit too late. Certainly the concept looks cool. I'll not be getting it because uh, Louise would put my fucking arse up and down the house if, if I... Uh, but I started collecting another set of bloody toys um, with I've got loads of Amiibos and Lego and Disney ones already uh, there's no way she'd accept me starting to buy spaceships but yeah that's what it is it looks there's a the dock the base thing for it this time looks like it clips over the controller rather than being a base that you sit on a table and sit figures on it now looks like a clip that clips to your either the Joy-Con grip or the PS4 controller the Xbox One controller um, this thing clips to it um, and you put a ship on top of the clip uh, so you don't have to be sitting with a table nearby, it's just on your controller um, and it looks like I'll need to study a, a, a bit more because again this is just my first reaction to it it looks like you can add bits to the ship and that kind of uh, carries out that, that um, the, the changes you make to your ship on the controller are reflected in the game on the in-game model of the ship so if that's the case that's cool that's taking it a wee bit further uh, than normal toys to life stuff but uh, i'll need to have a look at that again because that might not actually be the case it certainly seemed that way from the trailer um but we shall see so yeah it looks like a cool game it's like a cool concept but again 
I'm curious to see if it's too late for that sort of game now, if that fad has died, kind of like the plastic instrument fad died back in the day, uh, or if this is going to appeal to a different audience, and maybe a slightly older audience, because I saw some people on Twitter saying, uh, basically joking, saying my wife's going to put my arse, because I'm definitely going to be buying plastic spaceships. Uh, so maybe this is a kind of game that the people who passed on Skylanders and Disney Infinity and Lego Dimensions, maybe this is the kind of game that will have them going, okay, I'm, I'm up for this. Because uh, it's little spaceships, but we'll see. Not for me, but um, it's is 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 both unoriginal in that it's toys to life, but also quite original. I like the kind of concept of clipping it to the controller instead. That's quite cool. So yeah, hopefully it does well for them. Um, it looks quite nifty. Uh, then one of the developers of Steep came out, um, and kind of came out of nowhere. This I didn't expect it, but it's actually really clever. Uh, Steep's getting an expansion out in December which is called Road to the Olympics and it's basically based on the Winter Olympics in Pyeongchang I believe it's called, definitely not Pyongyang which is North Korea um, where there's a shooting event but it's not targets you're shooting but actual humans uh, but I think it's Pyeongchang instead which I believe is South Korea um, so rather than uh, doing a deal to bring out a Winter Olympics game uh, they've instead got the license to do a Winter Olympics expansion for Steep, which is their kind of uh, winter sports game which came out last year. Um, and that's really clever, I think. It's, it's a clever move because traditionally Winter Olympics games don't sell massively well, with the exception of Mario and Sonic at the Winter Olympics, just because it's Mario and Sonic. Um, the kind of realistic Winter Olympics games, and in, to a lesser extent the realistic Olympics games, don't sell in obscene numbers, they sell okay, but they don't sell great. But the Winter ones certainly sell far fewer than the Summer Olympics games because the Winter Olympics is more of a niche um, event. So had they brought out a standalone Winter Olympics game, I think a lot of the sales might not have been too spectacular. But attaching it to Steep is cool because there'll be a lot of people who already have Steep um, and they'll think, oh, okay, I'll buy that, that'll be a cool wee expansion. And more importantly, the people who would have bought a Winter Olympics game um, however few of those might be will now be tempted to go and buy Steep because uh, that will let them play the Winter Olympics game they want but they'll also get a kind of uh, non-Olympics winter sports game out of it as well so it's a really clever move um, similar to when FIFA used to do Euros and World Cup um, expansions built into the game uh, built into that year's FIFA game instead of um separate standalone games it's that sort of idea uh, so yeah clever um, up for that I don't have Steep yet I keep meaning to get Steep but this is a good kind of excuse for me to do it now because I do like the Olympics games I'm very much in the minority there but I'm very much a sports gamer so um, I like most sports games except for cricket ones because I don't get cricket uh, but everything else I'll play so yeah I'm, I'm up for that we then got a new trailer for Far Cry 5, still it's cool. I say trailer, it was, it was like a really short uh, CG cutscene with the guys singing in church. Um, and then some what they claimed was gameplay footage but blatantly wasn't gameplay footage. Um, I think they got mixed up with in-engine footage because it did look in-engine but it definitely wasn't actual gameplay. It wasn't someone playing the game because um, for no other reason than the fact that they kept cutting in with um, trailer bits and then jumping all, all over the place later on so uh, it looked cool because it was definitely an engine but it wasn't gameplay nobody nobody was playing it it was kind of it was still pre-animated shit 
Uh, but it looks cool. It was, they were kind of ambush- ambushing. It reminded me a lot of the first Ghost Recon Wildlands um, trailer they showed when they first announced that, where they're standing up on a kind of hill looking down at a group of uh, ne'er-do-wells. And it was just exactly the same here. You and a sniper kind of looking down at a bunch of racist religious types uh, beating people up with baseball bats. So you go down the hill and hide in a van and come out and shoot them. Uh, well, your sniper pal goes up to the top and kind of sh- snipes one of them. So, uh, but it looks cool. It looks like Far Cry, but with racists in it. And uh, you, you know why Ubisoft did this. You know it's it's to get uh, to get some kind of column headlines because it's definitely going to be a controversial game. Um, and it's it's clearly going to do well. So it's a perfect time to bring out a game like that with what's going on and all the nonsense in the old US estates. So, yeah, fair play to them. It'll be good. I'll get it. And then finally, the big one, the big shock. It's funny because every year everyone jokes in, or not jokes, but saying, surely this time Beyond Good and Evil 2, Beyond Good and Evil 2, surely this time. And oddly, this year, no one was really saying it, almost as if everyone just gave up because they knew that um, it was becoming an in-joke almost, that every year you would ask for Beyond Good and Evil 2 and you would never get it. And you had Michael, Michael Ansel from Ubisoft kind of promising every year yeah it's definitely still coming everyone going aye your arse mate it's definitely not coming um, and then just suddenly out of nowhere here it is Beyond Good and Evil 2 uh, which sounded like it's going to be a prequel sounded like it's going to have multiplayer elements but we'll, we'll see I suppose um, had a hell of a lot of swearing in it and I don't know how I feel about that because the first one didn't really um, and I loved it and I wonder if it needs that um, it certainly gives it an edge and, and it looks like it's going to be a great game anyway but I wonder if it really needed to swear in that much uh, but um, whatever it is what it is the, the, the very fact that it exists um, is a fantastic thing and um, it's definitely the biggest announcement of E3 so far uh, before I'm obviously recording this before Sony's and before Nintendo's so for all we know there could be something amazing at either of those but so far that's that's the big one um, so yeah, there we go. It's exciting times. That was Ubisoft's conference in whole. Um, a really strong one. There wasn't like a, a game there other than maybe like a Just Dance was throwaway. Obviously, Transference looked a bit odd. I don't really know what the deal is there, and I'm not really into VR anyway. Um, and Starlink will probably not buy, but it's a cool idea. Other than that, every one of those games, assuming Skull and Bones is a single player element, every one of those games I could see myself playing. Um, and we'll probably end up buying so um, and it's obviously especially Mario and Rabbids looks fantastic um, so yeah in, in, overall it's a pretty high success rate from for me personally um, and the conference in general ticked along quite smoothly there wasn't a lot of fucking about it's a shame Aisha Tyler didn't do it this time because I, I liked her uh, the last few years she's done it she was good at hosting it so for some reason she didn't host it uh, this year but at the same time um, although it would have been nice to have her it didn't suffer without her because it ticked along a lot quicker um, and there was less kind of banter in between games it was just like game, game, game so that was good but yeah, in all, a really strong conference um, now as ever I've asked you for questions and comments on Twitter uh, now apologies because someone uh, pointed out yesterday when listening to my E3 uh, my Xbox E3 podcast they could hear a kind of bumping and it was basically it was me using my laptop to go through Twitter so this kind of noise is me uh, going through Twitter so I'll try and do it as quietly as I can this time so it's not um, off-putting but uh, let's have a look 
at the old Twitter notifications um, to see what your questions were. Jamie, Ty- Jamie Tyrrell says, why is Mario Kart 8 so hard online? That's how much I care about Ubisoft. Well, that's a bit harsh because it was, it was certainly a good um, conference, I thought, and all the games looked great. Uh, Mario Kart 8 is so hard online, clearly because you're not very good at it. Um, it's fine for me. <laughs> Sorry, um, being being a wag there. Um, Dan Entwistle says, thoughts on Beyond Good and Evil 2 having a multiplayer component and being a prequel. Uh, being a prequel, we'll see. Oh, I want to see more about the characters. It would be nice to have had Jade in it, but um, whatever, we'll see. We'll see what happens here. We'll see what these new characters like. A fucking swearing monkey, um, and uh, the other woman who who was in in the, um, So we'll see. And being a prequel again, we'll we'll, we'll see. I want to see more of the the, uh, the story to, to until I can uh, see how uh, see what I think of it. Having a multiplayer component, fine, again, as long as it's got a single-player component. I've got no qualms with games having big multiplayer uh, modes as long as single-player doesn't suffer as a result. The first game was primarily a single-player game, uh, so it would be a shame if that gets ditched, especially because people have been waiting up to 15 years for a sequel. Um, If it turns out that sequel is heavily weighted towards multiplayer gaming, I think a lot of people uh, will be disappointed because that's not the game they had in mind. Uh, but I wouldn't imagine. Um, I would imagine, first and foremost, it will still be a single-player game. But we'll see. Um, it's it's like it's an uncharted situation. Uncharted's got multiplayer, and it's no harm done. Do you know what I mean? As long as the solo player, the solo mode doesn't suffer, so it's all good. Uh, Scott says Miyamoto with Master Sword or Miyamoto with Mario Gun. Who would win? Uh, Miyamoto with Master Sword. He's got more experience with it. Uh, he's been in previous E3s brandishing it about like a fucking. Feather Duster, Monkey Island reference there. Uh, Richard Burroughs says, do you think we'll actually get South Park the Fractured Butthole this year? Well, yeah, it sounds like October. Um, I know it's been delayed more times than um, the trains at Wimbledon Station, but I think, yeah, I think this finally will be the real deal. We'll finally get it in October, so that's good. Uh, Lewis White asks, that Starlink game looks pretty neat. Could it revive Toys to Life or not? Um, I obviously talked about that earlier. I don't think it will. I think it'll do okay. It'll be a nice kind of wee game, but uh, I think Toys to Life is on its way out, so um, it looks like it'll be the last kind of big Toys to Life effort. It'll do okay for a wee while, but ultimately it'll drop out as well, I think. Um, Andrew Vanstone says, I pretty much wanted to cry when I realised that was Beyond Good and Evil. Is the first one the most underrated game ever? I think so. Um, I think there are more underrated games than Beyond Good and Evil. That's certainly one of them. Uh, you've got stuff like Psychonauts as well, which is pretty underrated, and uh, Silent Hill Shattered Memories, which I'm always uh, heralding, is a really underrated game, partly because it came out on systems that uh, no one was really buying games for at that time. It only came out on the PSP... Uh, the PS2 and the Wii when, at a time when no one was buying third party games on Wii so hardly anyone bought Silent Hill Shattered Memories to me that's the ultimate underrated game but yeah Beyond Good and Evil certainly is one of them I, I dare say there were more people on Twitter saying yes Beyond Good and Evil 2 than actually played Beyond Good and Evil 1 uh, but we'll see um, definitely an underrated game Uh Lee Gill is asking if the PVP waters of the Indian Ocean is the best line in a conference ever. Got to be up there, he says. Yeah, when they were talking about, um, I've forgotten the name of it already, Skull and Bones, uh, they talked about sailing the PVP waters of the Indian Ocean. 
it's a strong line, but there's been better lines in conferences before, um, like uh, the old the classic uh, Konami one with, uh, about ninety nine nights is a one million troops. That's that's still a better line, and the one that I can't really do an impression of because it verges on racist. But if you go on YouTube and look at uh, Dance Masters uh, Naoki Omeda, uh, his E three conference for Konami back in the day uh, is, has got some hilarious, terrible English in it. Uh, check that out. That's got the best lines in the conference ever. Um, Zach says Sea of Thieves or Skull and Bones. Um, as I was saying earlier, Skull and Bones for me. I think Sea of Thieves looks like it's going to be heavily co op. Um, and Skull and Bones still at least has a chance to be single player as well. So if Skull and Bones is a single player element, I'm sold. Plus, it looks, it pretty much does have the Assassin's Creed Pirates engine. Um, and I, oh, that's a kind of known quantity, and I already know I love that uh, kind of gameplay, so I'm already sold on it. Uh, so that's good. Mandel Creed says, which game will have the most mofo bombs in it? Beyond Good and Evil 2 or House of the Dead Overkill. House of the Dead Overkill famously has an obscene number of swear words in it. Uh, and that Beyond Good and Evil 2 trailer did as well. So it'll be interesting to see how much swearing is in that game throughout. It looks like the monkey might just be the character who does all the swearing or most of the swearing, but we'll see. Um, but it'll take some going to beat House of the Dead Overkill. Let's get motherfuckers all over the joint. Um, to, to the extent that, without trying to spoil um, the ending, there, there is a... Uh, the word motherfucker certainly comes into play at the end of the game and in, in one of the most outrageous scenes I've ever seen in a game uh, so yeah there's that uh, let's see anything else do 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 Vimesy74 says are you concerned by the lack of actual gameplay lots of in engine rather than gameplay yeah um, he also follows up with was that the perfect E3 presentation it wasn't perfect we're still kind of um, nothing's perfect, but it was a very, very strong one, I thought. Um, I wasn't really too concerned by the lack of gameplay. I don't mind in-engine stuff as long as it is in-engine. Um, and you get a kind of sense of what it's like, especially if Ubisoft's then going to follow up with with actual gameplay footage like they're doing just now as I'm recording this uh, with the 30 minutes of Assassin's Creed footage. As long as um, out with the conference uh, for the, the, the coming week, uh, if you keep an eye on Ubisoft's YouTube channel and other YouTube channels uh, from the press covering it, as long as there is actual footage, uh, gameplay footage from the show floor, then that's fine, uh, to be honest, as long as there's some way of seeing what the actual game looks like. Um, it's all good in the hood. Uh, what else have we got? 48 new no- notifications, that's concerning. Hopefully a lot of them is just retweets and favourites. Um... Graham Mackay says, Mario XCOM, how much did it make you scream in delight? Um, yeah, it was brilliant. Um, I'm really happy. I mean, it was that kind of, it was a slightly, not underwhelming, but imagine what the reaction online would have been like if no one knew that game was coming. Uh, another reason I don't like leaks is like that. When that rabbit first appeared with the question block, everyone basically around the world said, all right, here it is instead of going, what the fuck is going on here? And when Miyamoto appeared on stage, if people didn't know that game was coming and suddenly Miyamoto's on Ubisoft stage, people would have been losing their fucking mind. Instead, it was leaked by some uh, knob at Ubisoft and everyone knew about it and it wasn't as big a surprise. It was still great to see it, but imagine how uh, much that would have been magnified and how much of a bombshell it would have been if nobody knew that was coming and it just suddenly came out of nowhere. Um, so yeah... Uh, I'd said earlier that 
on Twitter that I was it's a shame that Beyond Good and Evil 2 had a lot of swearing in it. Uh, my pal, former O&M online editor Tom East replies, me too. He just checked the box of Beyond Good and Evil, it's 7 plus, uh, rated 7 plus. He says, I wish there were more games my kids could play. Which is, again, that, that's the thing. I mean, the, Beyond Good and Evil is an excellent game, but it's family friendly that anyone can play it. Um, it's a shame there might be... Uh, I mean, there's a Beyond Good and Evil HD on Xbox One at the moment that you can buy. Um, and it's disappointing that um, people... Like, there might be younger kids who've played that and loved it and discovered it for the first time and now won't really be able to buy the sequel because it'll be full of effing and jeffing. And that's a wee bit of a shame, but there we go. Um... Yeah, and Tom just follows up what, what I think of Beyond Good and Evil 2 being so sweary. Um, he says, I grew up playing all the great games of the era. Uh, I grew up playing all the great games of the era, something my kids can't do. At least they have Mario and Rabbids. And yeah, that's the thing. It's a shame that a game that doesn't need to have swearing and it has swearing in it and therefore kind of reduces the possible audience size, uh, which is a shame. Uh, but yeah, there it is. Jonathan Harris says, Steep has obtained the Winter Olympics licence. Does that mean no Mario and Sonic Winter Olympics game? I don't know, is, is, the, is the, the big answer there. Uh, there have been numerous Olympics games in the past. Don't forget that uh, when Mario and Sonic at the Vancouver Olympics came out on the Wii, Sega also released a serious uh, Winter Olympics game. So it could be that uh, the IOC maybe... Uh, the, 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 there's nothing to stop them licensing it out to multiple developers and multiple publishers so there's nothing to stop the IOC giving Steep the uh, giving Ubisoft and Steep the kind of serious Olympics licence and then giving Sega the, the kind of jokey one to the, to keep the Mario and Sonic uh, theme going so there's nothing to stop that happening uh, I dare say we'll see Mario and Sonic at the fucking 2018 Winter Olympic Games whatever it's called um, at Nintendo's thing tomorrow just as, as part of a montage or something I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest um Jordan Weatherby says, if the Rabbids game reviews and sells well, would you expect to see more licensing of Nintendo properties to third parties? Uh, maybe just within uh, within reason. I don't think they're going to be chucking uh, characters out willy-nilly, but to be fair, they've been doing it every now and then. They've been they've been doing it fairly uh, fairly regularly. You look at uh, Mario stuff in Minecraft um, and the stuff in games like Monster Hunter, you've got uh, if you scan the Amiibo, the Link Amiibo in Skyrim, then Link's going to appear in it. They, 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 they seem to be quite happy to give out their uh, IP, if not if not in full crossover games, certainly in cameo appearances and stuff. You can go back to the Wii U with Lego City Undercover, had Mario bits in it and Bayonetta 2 and Bayonetta could dress up as Peach and stuff like that. Um, and they've been doing it for a while. You had Mario characters in NBA Street back in the day on EA and um, one of the SSX games I believe uh, may have had Mario characters in it and so, so yes it's a, it's a, there's a long history of it happening um, and certainly in terms of full games you had Capcom making some of the Zelda games, you had uh, Sega doing F-Zero so um, it's not out with the realms of possibility and Namco doing Star Fox as well so it's it's yeah, I, I would expect to see Nintendo still licensing out its characters to third parties every now and then. I don't think it's going to become a big habit, but um, it's certainly going to keep happening. Um, Connor Bennett made a comment rather than a question saying, this is how you do a presser, no boasting like EA, just focusing on the games and their creators, and not a YouTuber shoutcaster in sight. That's a very good point. There wasn't any fannies 
Hey, Jump and I going. Oh, hey guys, my name is Demon Lord One Two Eight, and uh, I'm a shoutcaster on a network you've never heard of. And now let's look at this game. Oh, Jesus! And I also noticed that, um, which was brilliant, for the first time in two or three years, uh, none of the footage at a Ubisoft conference had fake multiplayer online chit chat, uh, which I fucking despise in Ubisoft's recent conferences. And there was none of that, and that was fantastic. So they they, they learned, or they at least realised that everyone hates that, and they've took it out, which is brilliant. Um, although hopefully that's not me jumping the gun. Hopefully they're not, as we speak, uploading gameplay footages to YouTube that does actually have that in it. Uh, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, uh, there we go. That's your questions and comments. And that was the Ubisoft conference. Uh, it was a slightly shorter podcast than most, but. Um, pretty much because the games spoke for themselves. It, it was a smaller number of games because um, it's, it's one publisher. But when you look at the, the scope and the scale of the games that this one publisher is bringing out, obviously they've got lots of studio, but you've got Mario and Rabbids, you've got Assassin's Creed, you've got The Crew 2, South Park, uh, Skull and Bones, uh, that Starlink game, you've got the Steep DLC, obviously Far Cry 5 and now Beyond Good and Evil 2. Uh, that weird transference VR game uh, and Just Dance obviously is what it is and you, even your kind of mobile uh, division with South Park and what any other mobile games will bring out that they didn't deem worthy enough of E3 time that's a lot of fucking uh, stuff released by one publisher um, and to be fair a lot of it is a long way away uh, it's different from my, my, a lot of the stuff at Microsoft's conference yesterday was like this is coming out uh, late 2017, early 2018, but a lot of this stuff looks a long way away. Like Skull and Bones isn't out till fall 2018. Um, stuff like that. Beyond Good and Evil 2 is probably another year and a half, two years away, I would imagine. Um, but yeah, it, it was a it was a really strong conference. It's definitely the best conference so far, uh, and I'm very happy with it in general. So there we go, a bit of the old Ubisoft or Ubisoft, depending on your uh, preference. Um, I'm now going to be staying up to watch Sony's uh, conference and do a podcast for that as well. So um, if you're not going to be staying up for it, it starts at 2 in the morning in the UK, which is crazy. Uh, If you don't plan on staying up for it, do not worry. Uh, When you wake up in the morning, you will have a full podcast waiting for you. Uh, just like this one, covering the Sony conference in depth from start to finish. Uh, so hopefully you enjoy that, and hopefully you do the usual like and subscribe and share this among people and stuff. Um, very much appreciated. Um, I notice uh, the podcast's doing quite well in the iTunes charts at the moment, uh, which bodes well. It's really, um, I'm really grateful to have the podcast up quite high during E3 week. Uh, that's really important and means a lot so thanks very much for listening to it so far hopefully you've enjoyed this one hopefully you'll enjoy the next three uh so we've got sony one coming later tonight nintendo's tomorrow and then later on in the week uh when e3 kind of wraps up i'll do a wrap-up one covering some of the stuff i missed including bethesda's and uh, other stuff like that so that nothing's kind of gone by the wayside so yeah cheers guys hope you enjoyed uh catch you on the flip-flop for the sony one and yeah all good in the hood cheers guys bye bye